Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Fern Podcast on the Radio St. Pete Network. I am your host, Michael Duggar. Joining me, Thursday evening, luscious, humid day in Tampa, Florida, and I assume it's a luscious, humid day in the capital of our great state, Florida, Tallahassee, is Noah Hemer. Noah, how are you doing? First week with no football. Uh, first week, no football, been kind of rough, not going to lie. Um, going through a little bit of withdrawals, but I think that was to be... That was to be expected, um, but bouncing back, you know, first uh, first wave of tests for the semester are over, and I'm glad that they're done with. Um, it's hot again, and it reached 80 degrees in Tallahassee. We always got to talk about the weather um, whenever we come on, so it was nice to wear shorts and flip-flops, but at the same time, you know, it is, uh, I do I do enjoy the colder weather. Mm-hmm. Well, just, yeah, it's not too cold in Winnipeg, hey. It's going to be positive next year, next week. Look at the low, the low, the high, the, the high is negative eight tomorrow. Um, <laughs> uh, but all right, yeah. There is, there will, the end of the football season means that it's officially draft season. So we'll talk some NFL draft. It also means it's officially M, um, NBA season, which is more, mostly my favorite sport to watch and consume that in soccer. So. But before we do that, we did have the Super Bowl. I mean, I kind of feel like it's been swept under the radar because NBA trade rumors. Even Super Bowl week last week, I feel like the NBA trade, the NBA dominated all the headlines and stuff. But there was a game, and color me surprised. The New England Patriots came out on top, thirteen three. Um, people call it a boring, boring game. You and I texted saying. How awesome would it be this be if the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes were in it? Maybe even Drew Brees and the Saints. Mostly that's you because you're a traitor to your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but only for the season that is, it's over now. Oh yeah, we'll see next season. You pick this. You pick Drew Brees Revenge Tour Part Three. Um, I I can't. We'll see. Uh, that's that's in the future yeah. though. But we did have a game. Thirteen three. Julian Edelman MVP. I mean. I feel like the game went as we thought in terms of schematics. We just thought the offense offenses would execute more, which gives credit to the defenses because the defenses were amazing. I should probably just give a summary of the game real quick. Nothing much to talk about. Um, Patriots drive down on the first drive, throw interception, three and out for the Rams. Patriots drive down a little bit, miss. They miss a field goal. Tony Romo called it, loved it. Um, they go back and forth. Kostkowski gets a field goal. Then was that Brandon Cooks touchdown the throwing that throw that golf was that in the first first um first half? Or is that when they that was when they settled for three in the second half? Sorry. So it goes in three nothing. Rams didn't do anything on offense. Second half comes out. They have Brandon Cooks wide open touchdown. Goff's late in it because he's slow reading coverages and anticipating throws and anticipating the people being open. Misses him. McCordy covers nineteen point eight yards when the ball is released, which is in a crazy amount. Makes a big play. It's instead of seven three Rams, it's three three. Patriots they go back and forth a little bit. Rams have good field position again, take themselves out of field position. And then Um Patriots do what they do. They have that Gronk play, the play action, delayed, delayed tight end seam. Gronk gets it. Edelman across the middle. Edelman across the middle. Gronk again. Sony Michelle, two five, three yard touchdown. They get a stop because Cooks drops a touchdown. Then Golf throws a floater that Stephen Stefan is it Stefan or Stephen Gilmore? I thought it was Stephen Gilmore. All right, we'll go Stephen. We'll keep we'll keep it we'll keep it light like that. Um, so Gilmore picks it off, seals the game. Patriots drive down, kick a field goal, and yeah, that's it. Thirteen three Super Bowl. That's it. Um, as far as how the game went, we thought. That I mean, we agreed. Edelman across the middle is big. Gronk would have his moments. We just thought the running games would be more effective. Personally speaking, I thought Gurley would go crazy, but Gurley got ten cut, ten carries, thirty-seven yards. Doesn't attack the linebacker, the weakness of the Patriots defense, which is the linebackers and pass coverage. None of that. None of that happened. So, I mean, the story for me is Belichick. I saw his analogies all over social media. Belichick. Took McVeigh's lunch money, bought the lunch with McVeigh's money, and then ate the lunch in front of McVeigh while McVeigh just sat there and did nothing. That story for me. Belichick's the greatest ever, not even close. 
what are your thoughts on this 13-3 game? First off, I came into the podcast with a plan. That is my football brain took over. Two things. The most important thing happened besides besides um, within this game. I missed it. Did you see the Gladys Knight National Anthem controversy? Controversy? What was what was the Ooh. controversy? Okay, did you listen to the Empress sing it? Yeah. Kill, she killed it, by the way. So she came out. In oh, a, it was an, it was awesome. Came out in a gown. First prop bet. Take, take, mm-hmm. Took in the dub. Second one, the over-under was fluctuating all day. 140, I think it was like 149. I think it settled at a minute and 49 seconds. So she sings the national anthem, and she does the first and the home of the brave, and then she does like home of the like a second home of the brave. The first brave ended before one one minute forty eight seconds. The second brave brought it up to about two minutes one second. So everyone was like, "Oh, we hit the over," and then people were like, "Hold up, that first brave means the song's over." Bang, under. So casinos actually ended up rewarding everyone on that bet. Because they don't know what to do. How do you... What do you do with that? Wow. That's the main... That's, sto- that's the main story of the Super Bowl, in my opinion. What, you ha- So, if you placed a bet on either side, you made money. It's ridiculous. Wow. Look at us. We just lost money at this point. Exactly. By not doing it. And, wow. speaking of yeah. losing money, the second most important... Pro, the the most important prop bet, probably the one we took the most time on, was the Gatorade color. You were no, it's it's right up my it's right up my alley. You were adamant that the lowest the best odds in terms of the what would be like the 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 plus two, plus one fifty not clear. You said blue Gatorade because that cool blue Gatorade is the best, and I agree. I don't drink Gatorade anymore or Power or anything like that, but cool blue was the go to every single time. But we didn't do it. And what do you know, Noah? What color of Gatorade was dumped on Bill Belichick? It, it, it was happened to be blue. Blue as the Pacific Ocean. And more money was lost because we didn't follow our own way. I have $48 in my Bavada account as we speak. And I did not even drop a cent on the Super Bowl. And you throw that, not betting on top of a 13-3 game, when you could have had Mahomes or Andor Breeze or Breeze Brady or just Mahomes in general... I can talk about Mahomes all day. It was a double negative loss for me. But got the bets out of the way. What is your just give me your thoughts on the game as a whole? Did you find it boring? Was did a certain game plan from either team confuse you? Just overall thoughts in the game. I saw I I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh Geoff Schwartz. Um Jeff. Jeff. Why do I pronounce Geoff? That's what, that's what, why is it, <laughs> I've never spelled. seen it, why is it spelled that way? I, I every time I read it, I go Geoff, and I go, that's just <laughs> the weirdest thing. And now I just feel like an idiot, but I'm glad I did that now and not later. Um, sorry, so Jeff Schwartz, um, he, I, fo- I follow him on Twitter, and he put a thread together of the Patriots, uh, how they orchestrated this dub against the Rams, offensively speaking. Uh, him being a former offensive lineman. And he said, I, I, I watched his thread that the Patriots had 13 different run combina- different run uh, schemes throwing at the Rams. And as a defense, that is a lot to handle. Um, because as for, for your inside linebackers, a lot of your, your major keys um, are always going to be the guards. Uh Center's ball, snapping the ball, guards right, person to the left, person to the right on the offensive line. There's a typically your 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 tell signs, but they were really disguising, pulling one direction, running the other direction, following one guard, pulling the guard the other way, not going. Uh, they were running counters back and forth. They were running powers back and forth, and they were just taking it to the uh, the Rams up front. And the reason I think we saw the we, the Rams had success. I mean, the, they held the Patriots to 13 points. Uh, but their game plan was we need to neutralize their best player, probably the best player in the game, and that was Aaron Donald mm-hmm. um, in terms of talent and what he can do for a team and how much he can disrupt. Um, 
because when the Patriots were passing the ball, Brady was getting hit a lot. Whether it was sacks, just getting hit after the play, um, all, his own linemen were sometimes getting pushed into him, and then both of them were getting knocked over. Like, Brady was getting on the ground a lot, which is something we don't really see a lot of team. We we didn't see anyone touch him in the entire playoffs. Chargers didn't touch him. Chiefs didn't touch him. So kudos to the Rams defensively and Wade Phillips on his end of the field and taking care of business. But eventually they just kept double teaming Donald, double teaming Donald, double teaming Donald. And the issue with that was, is at the beginning of the game, Aaron Donald's going to win a lot of those double teams. It's just that he's just that good, which is crazy to say, because he's honestly kind of, he's smaller. He's undersized by definition. He's undersized to be playing the position he's playing, but his, his, burst off the ball his pure strength um is what allows him to combat that but third fourth quarter especially when your team is especially when your offense isn't getting anything done I mean we saw what Sony Michelle started doing those double teams on Donald just instead of him disrupting or breaking through started to become him just getting washed down and that was the difference maker uh Sue as well uh again was wreaking havoc at the beginning of the game and eventually just kept getting was they were just getting exhausted and exhausted and exhausted as the game went on because they kept having to go back onto the field. Uh, so that was on that side of the ball. That was probably my biggest takeaway. Um, I mean, Julian Edelman, we knew that they, we knew that they, that was the biggest matchup. That's the, that's the part of the game that you highlighted. That was going to be the one to watch. And they had no answer for him. No answer. But the thing is, is I don't know how you're not doubling Julian Edelman on third down. I know it's tough because you got Gronk still to defend too, and especially if you got like third and short. Um but you got it, it you got to double the slot uh with Julian Edelman in my opinion. If, especially if he's going he finished with 10 for 141 and if he's doing that you it's just it's tough to stop. On the flip side of the ball when the Rams had the ball, the thing that I wanted to, them to see them do was to get their running backs involved, um, more involved in non-traditional ways. There were a couple times where uh, I saw. Uh, I, I I wish I would have found this. I wish I would. I hate when I do this, but I read uh, very interesting stats on uh, the difference when the Rams went eleven personnel and twelve personnel for y'all. For y'all to don't know what eleven and twelve personnel on, it's the difference. It's one running back and one tight end, or one running back and two tight ends. Uh, one running back, two tight ends is twelve personnel. So if you have eleven personnel, you're gonna have one running back, one tight end, three receivers. That's what the Rams love to run. They love running out of eleven personnel more than anything. But what are the Patriots best at? They're best at statistically. They're the best at defending. 11 personnel because it allows them to bring an extra DB on the field because there's not as much going on at the line of scrimmage for run for the run support. And then they just match up with those receivers and without Cooper cup, I really think you're at a disadvantage um, in terms of what you can do in 11 personnel for the Rams. When they went 12 personnel, that's when they were getting their big play action plays because they had two tight ends, which was drawing the linebackers up closer um, off of, off of a run fake. And it was opening things up downfield. They only ran that two or three times in the entire game, but all three times they ran it, they were their biggest plays of the game. So that's what was big, really puzzling to me is that they weren't utilizing that more and trying to take the game out of Jared Goff's hand, out of his head a little bit. Like he, it, it was just too much for him because the Patriots were just waiting until his baby monitor and his headset would cut out um, from Sean McVay, and then he's all just at the line of scrimmage by himself and just has to be a football player and make those plays um because there is a certain point i don't know what the i I don't know if you know but uh there's a certain at a certain time on the play clock uh communication gets cut from the sideline from to the headset yeah 15 or to the helmet 15 seconds and just a quick thing i don't mean to interrupt you on your tangent um no please do with the golf thing i noticed that mcveigh was waiting like he'd call the plane immediately and then golf would sit there until about 20 seconds left and then he'd call the play and then break to the line of scrimmage because they didn't want Belichick to be able to communicate with Hightower or whoever calls the plays for the Patriots and adjust. When they when they went fast like that, that was when they were at their best. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but they didn't always go fast like that. And that was uh, troublesome for them. Um, but there was a lot of times where they would just man up. Uh, Patriots love to go man. And I, what I really wanted to see, and there were a lot of times where I saw it, Goff was forcing the ball in the middle of the field. Goff was trying to force the ball down the field into weird coverages. And I would see Todd Gurley leak out of the backfield and run a choice route where he's either going to stick it, stick himself in the ground uh, right past the line of scrimmage where he's going to run an out route. And he'd run the out route and linebackers aren't keeping up with him. Or if he were to run a... I wanted to see a halfback wheel. Uh, a wheel down the sideline, out of the backfield, going around the sideline, one-on-one against a linebacker, especially if you got, cu- especially if you only have one high safety and no help really on the perimeter. Todd Gurley against essentially any linebacker, the only linebacker that I'm like, maybe you're not doing anything against is like Luke Keekley. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like Luke Keekley can, yeah, like he's going to, he's going to stay with you. But even then Todd Gurley has a good chance of beating him because it's Todd Gurley, but they weren't even getting him the, they, they were not getting him the ball in smart ways. He had two targets. And he had two targets the whole game. One catch for minus one yard, and then an incomplete pass. And and that's I that that was my biggest thing is because if Goff can't get the ball down the field, then you have to figure out how you need to stretch the ball side to side. But with that, with doing that, just just run screens, uh, run halfback screens. Run some type of halfback wheel. You know, you, halfback wheels. All it's undefeated. The, the every time a team gets beat by running back wheel, they're just like, we should have known it was coming. But like, it's such a good play. Like so many teams forget about it. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a man-to-man situation, you got one-on-one linebacker, running back. You got to you got to try to exploit that opportunity anytime, especially when Todd Gurley's your running back. So that was probably the most disheartening thing for me was seeing that they didn't get Todd Gurley the ball nearly enough in creative situations because there was one time you know Todd Gurley finally had a 13 14 yard carry um and then it got called back for a a lame lame Mm. holding call Mm -hmm. very 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 lame holding call um but that's the thing they get called for the holding and then what happens Sean McVay throw 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 you're not look at how look at every team that has lost to the Patriots this year. What if they try to do? They have tried to throw, 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 throw. Chiefs, uh, Chiefs part one. What did they do? They kept throwing and throwing and throwing. They didn't run the ball nearly enough, and then they eventually lost. Um, it, it Todd Gurley needed to be the focal point because he was the X factor. I think for this offense, he was the one mismatch. Um, for this offense that I think they could have exploited because that secondary for the Patriots is so good. Um, and when I was seeing them not getting him open in creative ways, and it seemed as if Sean McVay wanted to just prove that his way could beat Belichick um, instead of just trying to play the smartest way and adjusting on the fly and doing the things that they needed to do like they did against the Saints. Um, it was disappointing to see them not do that on the biggest stage in the, of the season um, against the two greatest, the greatest quarterback head coaching duo of all time. That's, um, that's the thing that separates. That's what makes Belichick Belichick is that you hit it. McVay, every, actually every team in the NFL outside of the Patriots. What got you there is, is cool. You got there running 11 personnel extensively. Like you said, you also have two athletic tight ends. Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. Shout out Tyler Higby, Eastlake Eagle. These things, and you know, like, like you laid everything out, the Patriots' secondary is their strength of their whole entire team. All pro Gilmore. The McCourty twins are ridiculous. Um, the the um, Jones, the rookie, there's... They, Patrick Chung went down in the first quarter, or first half, and, and the That's, defense didn't skip a beat. We, you texted me saying they did that on one, massive. Well, it was massive on one play, and it was the late throw by Jared Goff to Brandon Cooks. He was open for three and a half seconds before he threw the football. Dude, did you see the still photo? I don't know. Did you see the still photo? I mean, interrupt you. But there's a zone. Literally, Cooks knows they're in zone defense and throws his hand up. Before he is even a step past the safety, 
literally. Yep. He the the safety is he's literally in front, right in front of the safety, and he just put his hand straight up. And Jared Goff, three seconds to like, like people were like, oh, what a great like people. Were, it was a great play by McCordy. Don't get me wrong. It was very impressive to see him cover that much field. But at the same time, Jared Goff asked him to do it, like begged him to do it, like bro, I'm gonna throw in the back of the end zone, but like please go like knock this down because like I'm gonna take forever to throw it forever like he made a sandwich sat down cut it in half you know ate ate half of it you know had a glass of milk ate the other half rubbed his belly and then threw the football like he, he had a whole picnic back there before he decided to throw to Brandon Cooks and as soon as I saw that you can't I've been I've been talking about this with a couple other people. It doesn't matter. Like for example, in any in any game, um, regardless of like how hyped up or how lopsided one might think it might turn into, there is each team is going to have their opportunities to put points on the board and to win. It's just a matter of which team's going to maximize their opportunities. And I use this example for for example, FS two games. FSU Clemson this year. FSU people, it might have been the worst loss in school history, but people forget we were hanging around with them for the first quarter. Clemson didn't do a whole lot in the first quarter because our defense was standing tall. Offensively, we had we had we were getting better field position. And I was watching the game, I was like, oh wow, you know, we not this might might not be terrible. But then we didn't capitalize on the opportunities that were presented to us. And as soon as that happens, Clemson just slammed the door on. Oh, you don't want to you don't want to play with us? Oh, fine. We'll just run you out of the building. On the flip side, Alabama played Citadel, a, a D2 school at home, and Citadel was like tied with them or I'm pretty sure tied or relatively close to winning at half. And it's because anytime Alabama presented an opportunity, like, hey, leaving the door open to potentially, uh, to potentially put points on the board, and they're making us maybe one mental error here, one mental error here, one mental error here. They were capitalizing on it, and they were getting points and getting yards and getting chunks. So when you're playing the greatest coach of all time, one of the best defensive, the 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 greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick, you know, one that schemes up and adapts to anything, and it doesn't matter. It's his way is just finding the best way. Mm-hmm. That that's his way. He's not worried about, oh, I need to run 13 times a game out of I formation, or I need to spread the ball out and throw it 45 times a game. No, if he needs to throw it 45 times a game, he'll throw it 45 times a game. If he needs to hand it off 30 times to uh, to five different people, he'll hand it off 30 times to five different people. He doesn't matter. He doesn't. Pride is not a thing for him. He just wants to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you have those split opportunities, you know, FSU didn't capitalize on their opportunities. Citadel capitalized on their opportunities. When you're in the Super Bowl and your defense is holding the the greatest quarterback of all time to three points at halftime, I was telling people I was watching the game with, I would go, hey, honestly, like, yeah, you know, it might be 3 nothing Patriots right now. Game might be kind of boring, but if I'm the Rams, I'm kind of, I'm feeling pretty good about this right now because... The Patriots haven't they have they've been driving down the field and not been doing anything and, and we've been getting lucky and the Ram and, and you know, like we're still in this. Like the Rams should have been getting blown out in that first half. But they were getting state because of how awful their offense was. But their defense kept giving them stops. So I was like, wow, if this Rams offense can get going at all, we have a chance. Like they, they got a shot. But so so to get back to my point, when the Patriots and Patrick Chung's finally out. And I, I'm not sure if that's entirely the reason why this play happened the way it happened with Patrick Chung not being in. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to say that it is. And when they finally have a mental error in the Patriots, especially their Patriots secondary, their strength of the defense finally makes the one crucial mental mistake that could potentially not lose them the game, but put the game into jeopardy for them. And you are three, four seconds late on the throw in the Super Bowl with his hand up, down the seam, not even like sideline or anything, right down the middle of the field, and you're just late? I just, it was so heartbreaking. I just watched (laughs) it and I go, 
you can't you can't you can't make they just made the biggest mistake of the game and you come back and go wait 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 <laughs> i got this i can do it better and you make a bigger mistake by making the throw so late i it, it blew my mind it blew my mind and I, I saw that and i go i just thought to myself i've watched a lot of football before and i don't know if the rams are going to get another opportunity and i probably just lost them the game right there that's the thing with the, against the Patriots. It did. You, you know, finish your point, my bad. No, go ahead. That You're yeah. about to finish my point. I was just saying, like, to, to beat the Patriots, you have to be perfect. In the playoffs especially. Last year, the Eagles mm-hmm. executed crazy well on offense. Nick Foles didn't miss anything. But in terms of team building and coaching, Belichick looks for players that can do everything. They're versatile. Which is why preparing for the Patriots is so difficult because they're going to attack your weakness. And unless you're a completely balanced team, you're going to struggle to defeat the Patriots when they're playing, when they're like this. Because just just to come everything full circle with, with the disappointment of the Rams sticking with their 11 personnel, is that New England knew that. And New England knew that golf struggles with zone. So they ran zone on early downs, and then when it got to third and long, because it was seeming like every third down was like third and, third and seven, third and eight, because they stopped the run. They played man, and they forced Goff to make extremely tight throws. They blitzed every once in a while, but the pressure, the pressure that the Patriots were generating in the interior was not something I expected. I expected them, if they're going to get pressure, it's going to come on the tackles. But um, Danny Shelton making plays... I saw two, I saw a stat. There's two Browns, the McCourty and Danny Shelton went from 0 and 16 to Super Bowl champ. That's never obviously never happened ever in football. But just all of these, it's just like a culmination of a team that understands that their coach will put them in the best position to win. And they're gonna if if it means one guy's not playing this time, then that's what it is what it is. If it means that you're gonna be asked to do something that you haven't done before, you just do it and you trust Belichick. That trust is unwavering, and not every team has that. And, I mean, he McVay just got outcoached. He was out, it was outclassed. That's a cliche you hear all the time. He was outclassed. It, it's the truth, because McVay didn't do anything. He didn't. Nothing was innovative about this offense. Like you said, the wheel routes from Gurley weren't getting there. I mean, Cooks had a big game. Woods had all right, but. They didn't even they didn't even adjust anything in the second half. Everyone saw the tempo was working. Everyone saw that. Why don't you do more tempo? You have an offense, you have a quarterback who ran an air raid offense for three years in college. And you're putting him in a bind where all he's gonna do is play action and he and he has to see. And he has to see the person wide open. There's not gonna be that separation against the Patriots. And like and like you said, that McCourty, that Cook's throw, it's literally the one time he was open. The one time that there's a, a bust in coverage. And you still don't see it. He looks scared. And you got to capitalize on that. Oh, mm-hmm. terrified. He looked terrified. Looked scared, looked tentative, looked slow. He didn't know, didn't really want to. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's. I want to say, it's. A, I feel like it's a, do you think it's more golf in the Rams struggle like their lack of game planning not game planning lack of a serviceable game plan and golf struggling and being i feel like golf was slightly rattled do you think it was that or do you which one do you give more credit to or does it meet in the middle somewhere that new england just completely outclassed them or was it that the rams could have done a lot more things because here's another thing we don't know if Gurley was hurt he said he wasn't hurt but you don't ride Gurley all season and then in the playoffs, you're like, no, he's we're gonna play him a little bit and stuff. Against Dallas, he had over 100 yards, but I mean, they were just manhandling Dallas up front. According so. according to Pro Football Doc on Twitter, um, who is the former San Diego Chargers uh, team orthopedic, he said that there's no reason that Todd Gurley should have been hurt. That's based off what he saw. He said there's no way that he was hurt. He was just misused and not utilized. See that that can't happen. That is can't. If that's so, true, that's why to to answer your question, whether it was more credit to 
Belichick and the game plan or to the more demise of uh, the Rams, I would say um, I would not – I would give – I would not say that the Patriots necessarily won that game more than the Rams lost that game. I think the Rams threw that game away more so than the Patriots kind of took it from them because, like we've said, the Patriots, there were opportunities. They had busted coverages. There were holes in that. Belichick was daring, uh, was was daring the Rams to get creative and do something out of their comfort zone, do something out of a something, run something different that's not an eleven personnel. That's what he was daring the Rams to do, and the Rams did not want to do it. McVay did not want to do it. They wanted to stick to their guns because that's what's been working for them. But like they said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it's broke, you might want to fix it. And three points sounds pretty broke to me. Yeah. Especially for arguably one of the most hot. The, they, the Rams were the, they beat the Chiefs in the craziest football game we I have ever watched. Other than the craziest NFL game in terms of offensive firepower that I've ever watched on that Monday night game. Shout out Big 12 offense. That yeah, thank you for blessing us with that because we got such a terrible offensive Super Bowl. So I is I would put more blame on the Rams and their lack of innov which is crazy to say that I'm gonna say that Sean McVay had a lack of innovation, but yeah, he had a lack of innovation in terms of thinking on the fly and being like, What do we need to do to win here? What do we need to do to win here? They looked and they had all the opportunities, you know, they had the pick to start the game to to put the shut the door on a good solid drive that Brady had started and defense played their part defense mm -hmm. did what they had to do but you can't expect you can't expect the defense they held the Patriots at 13 points special if you teams, told me shout out to special teams too those punters were off were yeah. locked in yeah on yeah if you told me before when we were running this last week all right Patriots only score 13 points Rams win or lose. I would go, uh, easy win. Easy win. Like, there's, a, 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 come on. Rams are at least putting up 20, 23 points. Mm -hmm. Nah. Three. One, because of a late golf throw. Two, because of the lack of, uh, lack of wanting to get Gurley involved. And we saw it in the NFC Championship game. The lack of desire to get Gurley involved. Yes, Gurley didn't play well in the NFC Championship game. He had the the fumble and the, the or the tipped ball to get to a pick and whatnot, and he just didn't look good. But he had to bounce back, and you we knew that he was the X factor. Something yeah. had to give, and they 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 had nothing other than that. The only the I'm looking at the box score. Other there are two stats to me that scream out rush yards. Rush yards and attempts. Patriots had 32 rushing attempts for 154 yards. Rams, 18 rushing attempts for 62 yards. So they had 14 less attempts, but the Patriots only had the ball for three, three more minutes. So not that much of a time difference. Other stat that really was glaring to me. Patriots, three penalties, 20 yards. So a hold... And two five-yard penalties, whether it was a false start and like a defensive holding. Rams, nine penalties, 65 yards. That's, and that doesn't even include how many first downs those penalties yield into. Or yeah. lack of first downs that those yield into. So those six penalties and then those 14 rushing attempts. I'm not saying that you need to have... This, like, if you run the ball 23 times, you're going to win every time. But if your quarterback is going 19 of 38, if you're throwing the ball 38 times and rushing the ball 18 times, and you only got three points on the board, and you're the, and you're only down 3 nothing at half, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the stat that you I know, like, like really, yeah. like, I mean, the stat that I like to look at ahead. is. Yards per, yards per pass attempt. And you look at the Patriots, seven. You look at the Rams, 
4.7. Goff wasn't even trying to push the ball down the field. Brandon Cooks had a, a great game for Brandon Cooks, except that one drop that actually kind of screwed him over in the end. But they weren't even trying to do anything. Cooper Cup was obviously missed. That's his safety. That's his safety blanket. He's the guy who wins in the slot opposite Robert Woods. Robert Woods with a lot of attention is not as good as Robert Woods with a little bit of attention. That's truth. All of these things. But I mean, I don't even know how much more we could talk about that side of the ball. I feel like it's time to switch things. Just talk about the Patriots in a couple different light. A couple different lights. Um I mean, their offense. Brady again does Brady didn't have the best game of his career. But he didn't have to because his defense did everything. This is this reminded me of like one of the old early Belichick, one of the old Patriots Super Bowls where the defense did everything. Brady did just enough to win, and it doesn't matter. He has six Super Bowls. That's all he cares about. He cares about winning. I mean, like I've seen stats. Like I don't, I don't like being called the greatest. I just want to win. All of these types of things come in in the, in the mindset of Brady. But I mean, is there anything really to talk about on the other side of the ball? Like, you already talked about Donald getting double-teamed and wore out a little bit. Sue was crazy off the line. Dante Fowler made some, made a couple plays. Um, Edelman across the middle. I mean, I feel, as I'm talking about it, I feel like it's just the same thing every time with the Patriots, so we don't even really need to touch on it that much. Only thing that I thought we would have seen more of is I thought we just would have saw more James White action. Mm-hmm. Um, he only he only had three – he only had three uh, – three carries um rex burkhead was the second leading rusher for uh sony michelle led with 18 for 94 5.2 average and a touchdown rex burkhead fo- followed behind him seven care seven carries 43 yards 6.1 average um yet you have and they had one two three four five they had six different people ha- uh record a rushing attempt the patriots did rams three for a total of 18. I look just... At, I, I, look at the box score of the Patriots again. Just one more time. They had two receivers catch passes. Two. Cordell Patterson caught two. Edelman caught 10. Gronk caught a couple. But besides that, I mean, it was... Like, they didn't even have to... The Patriots had one drive where they're like, you know what, we'll get creative. And that's the drive where they scored the touchdown. With seven minutes left. And that's when you saw the Gronk, the Edelman across Middlemore. Like, it's... It was just another day in the park for them, another day at the office for them. And that's all they are. Do your job. That's the model of the Patriots. So, yeah, you know what? The, it, I, now that I'm looking at the box, mm-hmm. now that I'm looking at the box score to go back to the other side of the ball. Sorry to go back to Rams offense, but I'm just so upset with it. Um, you say that Patriots only had two receivers catch the ball. Rams only had receivers. They didn't have a single tight end catch a football. Are you serious? I thought Everett caught one. Uh, not not on these stats. Brandon Cooks eight for one twenty. Robert Woods five for seventy. Wow. Josh Reynolds three for twenty eight. C.J. Anderson two for twelve. Todd Gurley one for minus one. Let me look Higby at the t- did not touch the ball, and he had, and he had such a, and Higby had such a huge, huge catch last week after on that rollout play that Jared Goff just whipped it out against the Saints. Um, had a huge catch, and you don't get the tight ends involved. Especially, they operate in the middle of the field. Where are the Patriots the weakest? At linebacker. Where do they operate? Huh? In the middle of the field. I mean, come on. You, you, you. Yet you try to. Yet you try to just force feed your receivers against probably a top three, top four secondary this this season. Higby didn't even have a target. Tough. Everett had one target. It's confusing. It's it was it's, it was a confusing game. I feel like everyone except Wade Phillips was just overwhelmed by the moment. It was, it's a learning experience for them. But you mean, especially when a team goes all in like the Rams for this one year with one year contracts. That's the thing they're going to keep trying yep. to find these one year veterans who want, who want to play for Wade Phillips and McVay in this LA environment. But Sue, don't know if he'll be there again. Um, he probably got a taste of Super Bowl and is like, you know what, I, I like I want to do this again. So maybe he'll run it back. Um, Talib. Tlaib was Tlaib was good, but I mean, he didn't. He wasn't asked to do much. I mean, he couldn't. One thing I noticed about when the Patriots were on the offense is that they brought in the second half. They put Peters, Marcus Peters, on Edelman, and he actually did a pretty decent job. And he he was one of the oh, worst. Oh yeah, graded. Edelman did most of it. Mm-hmm. On nickel, Edelman did most of his work in the first half. Yeah, and then 
they put Peters on, and Peters did a really well job of chasing Edelman and more more physical cornerback. But I mean, Edelman's unguardable one one v one over the middle. Um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? But I mean, the Rams go all in, and then it just happens that they come up just short. So. I mean, it's kind of funny that we're 40 min- 41 minutes in, and you even said we only have enough content for an hour, and we're 40 minutes in, and we still haven't even touched any other any other topics. And we're still not done talking about Super Bowl because I want to talk about the Rams real quick, and then we'll talk about the Patriots as a whole. So the Rams go all in for this. And you look at the NFC. NFC's a gauntlet every year. The Seahawks are still there. The Niners are going to have – may have Antonio Brown. They'll have McKinnon back. They have a high draft pick. And – Jimmy G's back. Cardinals not there for a while. Saints are still going to be there. Um, Falcons are going to retool. NFC NFC North one through three is, is ridiculously stacked. We'll see what Matt Lafleur could do with Green Bay. I mean, Kirk Cousins is there, but we know how Kirk Cousins is. Um, Trubisky another year. The Cowboys, I mean, in that defense, yeah, the Cowboys are going to be pretty good if they can keep keep Demarcus Lawrence there, and they have a lot of young players in that defense. The Eagles are going to be they back. Dra- I know, I know that the I know the Cowboys might not have a first round pick, but they draft the first four rounds maybe better than any team in the NFL besides Colts. But they that, draft the, the Colts only had one one besides, draft like that. Yeah, it's they identify. They just, Cowboys mm-hmm. have been killed the draft lately, so. All of these things, and this, and the Rams had to get a botched pass interference call to get to this point. Yep. So, what? Th- I feel like this was their best chance. What are your, I, what are your thoughts about the Rams moving forward? I feel like, I hate to say this, I feel like this is a, it's completely different makeup of a team. I feel like this is a Oakland Raiders after the Bucks Super Bowl win where everything just slowly starts to deteriorate and fall off the wagon. Why? I don't know. I don't think I think that locker room lost a little faith in Goff. They're locked up with Gurley and Cooks and Donald. They have to give Goff an extension. Maybe they don't even give Goff an extension in two years. Who knows what they do? The cap's gonna keep ballooning up, but they are they already have so many people to pay. And they've already paid their main cogs. And you pay Gurley, the highest paid running back in in the NFL, and you don't use him in the two biggest games of the season. So I have, there's, until, if nothing may come out, a lot of it may come out. I mean, Andrew, that O-line's old. Whitworth may retire. And he was their best O-lineman, him and Sullivan in the middle. So what, I really feel like this Rams team is in, is not one of those teams. Like, they're, them and the Chiefs are, are tied for the best odds in the Super Bowl next year. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. I don't know how the Rams could be up there. Because I, after this whole offseason, you're going to realize that they don't have the team. And I don't – I'm with – I think you really got – I hate to say this, but, like, if you're the Rams – for me, at least, I mean, they traded a lot to get Jared Goff. So, I mean, you really hope that he's their guy, but he's limited, man. Mentally, he's limited. He can make a good throw. <laughs> but mentally, like, he's just he, he limited. We need, like, we, <laughs> on just a, on, on a processing speed of seeing the field. And we saw it in first, in, in first hand when he didn't throw the ball to Brandon Cooks for nine minutes we're gonna start naming our episodes and this one will be named he's limited mentally i'm actually gonna make a note of it right now i gotta find i gotta open up a google tab (laughs) um (laughs) like do you i don't know i picked golf to win this to win this game i will never pick i didn't even pick golf to beat yeah i picked golf to beat the cowboys i'm not gonna pick but he didn't do much he had like 156 i don't think golf is Cooper Cup really the savior of the Rams? Honestly, I don't trust Goff yep. at all. I don't trust McVay to make an adjustment on the fly anymore. It's one game, but this well, is here. an alarming performance that I think speaks to a larger picture. Wade Phillips won't be there forever. One of the that's second or third greatest defensive mind in football. He's not going to be there. 
and he, I mean, he's getting old. I love I love Wade, but th- there is just something about this team that rubs me the wrong way moving forward. So they don't have any other than like Aaron Donald. They don't have any star studded guys that you look at as to build a core around. They don't have a stud in the secondary. They don't have a stud at linebacker. They don't have a stud. They don't have really any studs at O line. If those two veterans um, retire, they don't have a stud at quarterback. They don't have, in my opinion, they don't have a top five, top eight receiver. Um, I wouldn't put Brandon Cooks as their best receiver, and I wouldn't even put even put him close to the top uh, to being a top ten receiver in the NFL. Mm-mm. Not at all. They have a top. They have a top five running back that they don't use. They don't. They use in the regular season. Who so, get thirty carries in week three when they're up twenty in the second half? But in the Super Bowl and the Conference Championship, it doesn't matter. It's I don't know, but. We've kind of hammered the Rams this whole time, so let's train. Hey, let's. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, they deserve it for being honest. But and for what they have shown us all season, and for them to have the performance that they had, especially to have, for them to have the performance that they had with two weeks to go into the game, it's extremely, extremely disappointing. I feel like even just the, not even just the on-field adjustments, you know, like there is so much tape of Belichick adjusting his whole offense and adjusting not only that, but dominating. Defenses. Yeah, but just dominating against eleven personnel. Yet you continue to run it. Yet you continue to run it blindly. Uh, I think we've said what needs to be said. We did. It is very disappointing. Mm-hmm. So let's let's move to the Patriots, because this is their sixth Super Bowl title since t- 2002. 2002, yeah, 2002, because the Bucks won 2003. I'm pretty sure that's correct. I don't really know 100, percent but I should know the the one time the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Um. So, no question, this is the greatest run in the history of NF of football. No question, Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. Brady's the most accomplished coach of all time. The best winner of all time. I mean, is there anything else that needs to be said? I'm trying to, I'm trying to like I'm trying to put in to words and context how impressive this run is and how extended this run is because look the great dynasties in in football. The Steelers, they won four Super Bowls in the 70s. Impressive. Niners 49ers, four Super Bowls in the 80s. Yeah, Montana won four. Cowboys, three in the 90s. Those are considered the greatest teams of all time. The Patriots have six in, my math is off, 17 years. Six and 17, 18 years. And they've been in nine Super Bowls. And they very easily could be 0-9. They very easily could be 9-0. and Maybe maybe this one was a gimme win. So maybe at least eight. Eight and one, I mean one and eight or nine and zero. Oh. But what what are, what are you going to remember about the Patriots? Because you know we say, oh, it's boring. People say it's boring. It's we're tired of the Patriots and all this stuff. But it comes to a point like with me, the Alabama football you used to appreciate the greatness and the consistency. That's what I was trying. That's to, to motivate the same five star players, the same coach who's been there and done this the same thing for forever. And you continue to get up, do the same thing, put in the work, preach the same message of simply do your job, and all these things. The same quarterback who's 41, who uh, is starting to win me over because he's he's hysterical on Instagram and social media. Just him and Gronk and all that stuff, like him using the We Ain't Going Nowhere, the Puff Daddy song. When they <laughs> I know. It's just, it's just great. It's just, I just, it's, it's tough not to love Brady when he does that type of stuff. Hey, so what are I you saw, gonna, what are you gonna remember about the Patriots in say 15, 20 years when there's no dynasty, unless it's the Pat Mahomes Baker Mayfield dynasty? Um, before I get answering that question, I saw this. I guess you call it a meme on Instagram, and it was uh, they photoshopped Tom Brady onto the get on a fifty cents get Richard die trying 
album and it the caption was and they changed the name of the album and it says get getting rings or die trying oh God, that's and great. that thing that thing had me rolling but you know, what you know, i'm gonna remember you know, the most i'm here to, interrupt go, you, yeah. to talk about the 50 cent thing you know why they said that right no because he was working out and he posted the 50 cent song many men and i don't know if you or people listen 50 cent was big before your time um but the people who listen to men, when you put throw on many men, I saw Vince Staples tweeted out. Vince Staples is one of the funniest human beings alive, honestly. He's a rapper. He's hysterical on social media. He said, oh, he's like, oh, something along the lines of like, Tom is getting down to, to many men. This, this is over already. Because it's just, I just, everything, like, it's funny you bring that up again because Brady's just hysterical. You don't you don't you look at Brady and you're like, oh, he's not someone who everyone makes fun of him for kissing his sons on the mouth and all and everything else, the pliability, the crazy diet, all that stuff. But he's you wouldn't expect him to be listening to fifty cent and Puff Daddy and the family and all these things. So he's just Brady's winning me over, just to put in lightly. But you what are you gonna remember about the Patriots yeah, movie? I have to agree on that on that sentiment. But what I'm gonna remember, um, is just their pure ability to find a way to win regardless of circumstances um whether they had defensive whether they had defensive injuries whether they had distractions on or off the field because they were the team that this team this Patriots team has had all different walks of various different lives uh coming on to this team Tim Tebow from the Tim Tebow spectrum to Aaron Hernandez spectrum to Josh Gordon spectrum to Randy Moss spectrum to the abundance of white small slot receiver spectrum with Wes Welker and Julian Edelman just to highlight the main two Chris Hogan would be another one in there Amendola like their ability Adam Humphreys will be there Hunter Renfro will be there the the revolving door that they've had at running back over the years. Uh, I mean, I know that back in the day they had Corey Dillon and whatnot, but in these later runs, I mean, they had Blunt was a big carrier for them. Um, that's man. Who else did they have run toting the rock for him um, on those Super Bowl runs? James White was on a couple of them. Um, You're forgetting the, um, the most important one, Kevin Falk. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Back in the way, way back. The fr- I was the, thinking, the, I was trying like to think the, of like the OG third down back. Oh, oh yes, OG third down back. Um, I'm just gonna remember just their versatility and their way to just not care about what they say that they're gonna do. They're just gonna do whatever they they're gonna do whatever they need to do to beat you, no matter what you do. Whether you're a run heavy team, a pass heavy team, a good balance team. A heavy, great defensive team, or whatever, whatever, or a great offensive team like the Chiefs, or a great defensive team like the Ravens. No matter what you're gonna throw at me, we're gonna find a way to beat you at your own game. That's the crazy part: is they will step into anyone's field, into anyone's ballpark, and be like, "All right, we can play your game. That's cool with me. Y'all don't have to play our game. We can play your game because even if we play your game." We're, st- we're playing our game by playing your game, and we're still going to beat you. We're not scared. Do what you do best. I dare you. I dare you to do what you do best. That's what they do. They literally dare you to try to... I dare you to throw to this receiver. We're going to bracket him, and I dare you to throw it there. I, I dare you. Mm-hmm. I got some See other, how it goes for I got, you. I got, some other, I got some other running backs to add to that list. Deion Lewis, Shane oh, Green, the law firm Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, Stephen Ridley... Just all names that did nothing outside of New England, honestly. But, I mean, that's the same thing I'm going to do. You're going to look back at Brady and Belichick, obviously, but I think I've touched on this before. They are the chameleons of sports. They are going mm-hmm. to adapt Great to everything. And the offensively, you know what they're going to do. You know what they – something I noticed. They De, um, Develin, is that his name? Their fullback, is that how you pronounce the name? Develin? Develin? I, yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know. They're fullback. On that touchdown drive, he was split out wide. Why? I don't know, but you know what it did? It kept the it kept the Rams heavy personnel base defense on the field. It caused the Rams to have an extra linebacker on the field and because if they didn't, it's quite simple. If 
the Rams go small. All right, Dev- Devlin, motion back in, eye formation. We're going to pound the ball with you right at the middle with Burkhead or <laughs> Michelle. Against two linebackers. Who are undersized. Yeah, it's game over. Yeah, little tin, yeah little already. Tin, Littleton's undersized. It's just everything, Who played everything a, that the Patriots a do. Great game, by the way. Every, What do you think, just to look back on the Patriots here, because you and I both, I can't believe you and I did rankings week 17. I know. And we had them like 6th or 7th in the AFC. We thought the Colts could beat them. We thought, we thought the Colts could beat them. We thought the Chargers... We definitely thought the Chargers beat them. We thought the Chiefs would barely beat them. We thought the Ra- if the Ravens got a chance to go in there with Lamar Jackson, we thought they would beat them. Who else is there? We didn't think the tight. Ty- I don't even know who's the other playoff team. Houston. Houston. No, yeah, come on now. We we um, just we, were, we, we knew Houston would be below them. That's for sure. But I mean, we thought we thought Chargers were going to have a chance. Mm-hmm. We thought Chargers would win. I thought the Chargers would not win. Com- I thought they would win comfortably. Not by like more than a touchdown, but just like, come on. I mean, the Patriots got blown out by Detroit, got blown out by the Titans. They lost to the Steelers. I mean, they got that Miami miracle and all that. It's just everything. It's people. We're tired of the Patriots. We really are. But just appreciate them. They give you entertain. They've given you eight entertaining Super Bowls before this one, and this was still entertaining. If you are X's and O's guys like you and I, who love schemes, love team, love great coaching, love all of these type of things, hustle plays, teams that play together, which is a weird thing in football, but I'm watching basketball as we speak, so that's why it came to mind real quick. But just all of these things, they are a perfect organization, whether you want to call them cheaters. I'm an equipment manager, former equipment manager. Deflating the balls, .2 PSIs does nothing to the game. It doesn't do anything in the game. The the recording of all recording practices and getting signals that's a bit, that's a different thing. That's something that they got properly fined for loss in first round draft picks. But it's they're just an amazing consistent group of individuals led by Brady Belichick Robert Kraft that just never lose a step. They've been in three straight Super Bowls for the last five. It's the hate must stop. I don't dislike them. I don't hate them. I'm just ready for something new. But at the same time, there's a gif. There's a gif. Gif. I don't know how you pronounce it. I I go gif. I don't even though I said gif first. Of Evan Silva posted all the time. Of it's a human being chased by a bunch of baby ducklings, and it's Patriots versus the rest of the league. <laughs> yes. And to this day, no one's been able to solve the Patriots. No one has modeled it. No one's modeled their system at all. And I don't know if it's because no one has the identifying talent, skills of Belichick or anything, but instead of trying to find the Sean McVay... disciples have either. Instead of trying to find the new young genius, why don't you try to find a stable defensive coordinator that has shown Belichick capabilities? Because Belichick got fired from his first... He he left Cleveland, he left the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns are 9-7. and seven. This is the guy who orchestrated the Giants' defenses that stopped Buffalo Bills. Like, this guy has, I think, eight or nine Super Bowl rings. Find a veteran coach who is really good at and really good at defense and or offense and just let him do it. So, I mean, kudos to the Patriots dynasty. Next year, we'll probably be still talking about the Patriots doing all this. And hopefully we won't doubt him anymore. I don't know. I'll probably still doubt them because I'm a contrarian. By, by, I'm just a natural contrarian, always have been. But it's the most impressive run of sports. We, are in a, we have seen the New England Patriots. We have seen in terms of dominance, and we've seen now the Golden State Warriors. We are living in, two, in a time period where, as, unlike the 90s Bulls, where the, were glorified and all that stuff, the Lakers, Celtics, all these teams, even in football, like the Cowboys are looked on as America's team still. 49ers were looked on glowingly. The Steelers, that are tough nose defense, all these things. This is the first time where we're living in a hate world where we dislike greatness and dynasties. The Warriors and the Patriots. And I think I think it's it's time to just stop all the nonsense and appreciate them for what they are. And with that, we'll pick it up on the second hour after these messages and st- station identification. <laughs> <laughs> 